Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy inspires leaders to grow their companies from startup to 40 million and beyond by designing world-class strategic plans and help keeping them accountable to actually get it done. So go to 40strategy.com to learn more. We like to often do shout outs during our podcast. This shout out goes to Esther Weinberg from the Ready Zone. She is an awesome person. We actually met recently in Austin, Texas. She was recently a podcast guest and that's who recommended us to Isabel Mercier. And we kind of got that right, the Americanized version of it. So we're, we're crushing it, Isabel. We're going to get this together. Isabel is a no-nonsense dynamo born to catapult, catapult heart-centered entrepreneurs and business leaders to build impactful brands, businesses, and lives. She has one of the most inspirational branding, marketing, and customer experience keynote speakers. She is a she actually gets things done. And what she does, what I really love is she is a TEDx speaker as well. And she was trying to only impact a million people. And she already has over 3 million views with her TEDx speaking. And so I encourage you to actually go out and listen to that kind of concurrently or right after you listen to this podcast. She brings over 25 years of actual experience. She's worked with iconic brands like A&W, Earl's Restaurants, IMAX Corporation, HSBC Investments, she is an absolutely incredible person. Isabel, welcome to the Medicine Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. It's exciting. You have, as we were talking about earlier, you have this like incredible team and they had you all buttoned up, all ready to go. We've been working for months to get this organized and we're finally here. I'm super excited about it. Isabel, tell us more about your company, Leap Zone Strategies. Yeah, you know what, Leap Zone, we, we're basically a branding, marketing, and business growth organization, a growth agency. So most do either one of those three prongs. We do all three prongs in the, under the same roof. We basically help entrepreneurs and thought leaders and business leaders and also teams really understand their badassery, right? Every brand, every company has a personality has an X factor, a key differentiator. And most entrepreneurs, most organizations are not actually very clear of what they're, what they're known for, what they wanna be known for and what makes them different. So we help extract that information and then we help the whole organization be able to communicate their badassery, their X factor in a way that's gonna get people to their ideal clients to say, I would be a fool to do business with anyone else but you, regardless of price, right? So we basically help businesses become and remain the first, the best, or the only. And of course, it, it comes with a bunch of different things from messaging, positioning, storytelling, brand elevation, coaching, not only coaching the C-suite, but also coaching the team so that there's massive cultural alignment and so on and so forth. And most corporations, most organizations would have to normally hire many different companies in order to make all of that sing. And this is why we created Leap Zone so that these important prongs of positioning, personality, and performance, and I like what you said, you know, what you help people do is not only 
world world class strategy, but also accountability to get it done. Because at the end of the day, a strategy is just a strategy if it's not implemented, right? So it's a little bit of of what we do. Yeah, there's been a lot of great strategies that have died on our pillow, right? Correct. You know, never end up happening. And, and so we don't want to have that. And that's, once again, I love about people like yourself that actually help people, organizations to get it done. It's, it's, there's a reason why there's all these books behind, you know, me and, and you, and we provide a lot of free information, but it's, it's often two things. Once the confidence of how it is applied to me. Yes. And then am I, do I have the confidence to get it done? So let's talk about that for a minute, right? You are already working with probably extraordinary people to begin with or companies, right? So they have already found a way to make money. Yes. Okay. Now, now they're like, we know we could do more. We can know we can make a greater difference. But let's say you run into the person that is, you know, there's extraordinary geniuses out there that are more introverted in nature. Yes. And they're like, I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about the difference. How do you help these type of entrepreneurs or individuals or companies to get out of their shell so they can be a badass, so to speak, right? So they can actually be somebody and and, and do it in a way that's still consistent with their own values and personality. Yeah. In fact, it starts with that. It starts with looking at what I call a brand foundation, right? What is the foundation of your organization's brand or or your own personal brand? Because it's it's not about the brand. It's not about the people. It's about what is the new normal that they want to create. And by establishing the brand foundation of what do you wholeheartedly believe in? What do you stand for? Why? Why do you stand for that? And and what compels you to get up in the morning and do what you want to do and do what you're called to do? But from there, it's about really creating a methodology, an architecture, something that is more tangible. A lot of people have intangible genius. My genius is to take something that is seemingly intangible and make it tangible. And when someone, a brand, a team, an organization can see the tangibility in, I'll give you an example, TFAL, right? The nonstick pans. Yes, it's a product, so that's tangible, but they could have come up with a product and they said, we have the best nonstick pan in the world. It's like, well, yeah, that's true, but a lot of people can claim that. A lot of companies, other of their competitors can claim that. They came up with a technology called Teflon. Their Teflon is the way, would you rather buy a great nonstick pan or the best technology, the one, the only technology in the nonstick pans. So I basically create Teflon, (laughs) a form of Teflon for brands and companies. And it is about, not about them. It's about what is the new normal that they wanna create on this beautiful planet of ours? How are they making life better? And when you're clear about that, it becomes less about, I don't wanna be the face of this. It becomes more about, what is the impact that we want to create, you know? I love that concept that you talk about. Of, of, of Teflon has such a funny thing that you brought that up because it's also used when you say that person's like Teflon, like nothing sticks on them, so to Correct. speak, right? You know, you have that concept around it. Yeah. But in this case, it's almost the opposite, right? You want it to stick. You want these concepts so somebody, once again, can feel like they can buy it, own it, have it. I love it how you're like, this is the new 
destination of where you're going to get to as a result, right? Yes. Of this brand or experience you're going to take through. When you meet with somebody for the first time and you get to what I call, you define the brand. How, how long does that process typically take you and their team of actual, maybe I'll do two things, working hours and then actual time, because it seems like these type of things sometimes take a little bit of time to breathe, sort of like a fine wine, you know, you need to open yeah. up the bottle a little bit to, to make sure that's there. Give me some insights into that, what, you know, typically what a, a new client of yours might experience in that process. Yeah, you know, it's I love the way you put it because you're right. It's I call it soul delay, <laughs> a cultural delay. So we've created a process that that takes to really extract that information. Most people have taken years to get there. And we do it in two days. So we actually invest two days, sometimes three, sometimes one. The norm is around two days where this is why we have a retreat center called Trailblazers here on Vancouver Island. People come from all over the world to spend a few days with us so that we can reposition, recraft, re-understand, extract their new X factor, their new key differentiator, their, their tangibilize. I don't even know if that's a word, but let's say it is. So it takes a couple of days to craft and, and, and undercover. And it takes much longer to implement and own because it's one thing to know it. You got to own it. And it's not just the C-suite who's got to own it or the owner, because we do work with small mom and pop shops. We do work with solopreneurs. We have different offerings for different sizes of businesses and wherever they're at. But it always, it always surprises me at how, how much time it takes for the whole team to be engaged and not only know that information, but really own it and live it on a day-to-day -day basis. So we have, we instill masterminds in organizations in small groups of 12 to really help them understand and own and live and what it means to live the brand foundation a lot of people have values. They have a brand promise. Most people have a weak at best brand promise. Most people don't have their X factor. Yet, even if they did have that, it's usually written somewhere in a document gathering dust somewhere. It's not implemented and ingrained in the day to day. And my job is not only to uncover it, package it in a way that people go, where the hell have you been all my life? Whether it's employees wanting to serve that organization or clients wanting to buy that product or service. But then after that, the next step is branding is a journey, the journey of alignment. And I call it soul delay. It's you got the information and now everybody's souls in the organization has to learn to catch up with where the brand is going. Make sense? It it absolutely does to me. And, and I I think that's so important that you have the follow-up side of actually not just talking about it, but you actually are allowing people to stop in a mastermind an internal group to think about it and pause, right? Because if we, I remember one time I was with a company and they literally, I got this little plaque and I was like, oh, here's our core values. Yeah. And I laughed out loud because we were nothing like those core values, number one. So it was like, this is funny thing, but there was no discussion. There was no opportunity. And literally my first reaction was, this is wrong. Well, I'm going to, are you familiar with this company? I'm just going to demotivators.com. 
No, but now you got me curious. Okay, so once again, everyone's listening, and sorry, don't we don't want everybody to go away from the show for a minute. But but demotivators.com is one of my all time favorite satirical websites. Okay, but what they've done is so instead of like the you believe type type things, they'll have like a spoof on that. Yeah, and so it's just continuous, and I won't go into all the different stories they have. But what they've done is even when you buy a product for them, because I have, because they they do such a good job promoting it. They do the branding all the way through. Yeah. So they're like, you know, we're sorry that we you made this mistake and this was late. We, you know, we're sorry we we did good service for you, but here you go. You know, like they're continuously yeah. playing on the who they are. When somebody's wanting to go back to their old ways, how, how whatever it was beforehand, how do you get that customer service person? to own it in their own soul. So they're saying the words, the actions to fit the brand on a consistent basis. Yeah, it takes time and it takes practice and it takes us educating them. And then us asking for, would they have homework and they need to come back to us with examples of how they've aligned with all of that and how they did not. So mm. they have to come up with examples of their own, but they also have to come up with examples of other people that they've noticed in the organization. And this is from top to bottom, side to side, right? And there's the three P's that are important. Positioning, that is how you want to be known, right? How, how people know about you and how you want to be known. Personality, which is what you're bringing to the table here. Positioning, personality, performance. We don't just take care of the positioning. We don't just help with the personality, which is the languaging, the messaging, the personality of the brand, you know, Disney has a very, very different personality as a brand than IBM. You know that because they've they've walked their talk. And when you go to Disney and when you go to an IBM store, it's a completely different experience, but that that's about personality. So how do you bring personality all the way to the end of even error messages on the websites? You know, whoops, well, this was embarrassing. Like there are some people that are very corporate and they would have corporate messaging throughout. And there are people who their personality is less corporate, more fun, more funky. You need to bring that out in every area of your brand and all the touch points in all the ways that you touch employees, suppliers, clients, everybody that comes in contact with your brand. A lot of people think branding is a logo, it's a website, it's a, it's a product and, and it's a service. All of that is true, but all of that is minute comparatively to the experience, to what branding actually is, which is the whole, the overall experience. And most people on top of that, when we work with companies, they apply all of what we teach them externally, right? They apply it with their clients. We're helping them apply that internally with themselves because you can't separate your brand from internal to external. So it's a hell of a lot more than talent, a cool logo, and a good website. It's about the positioning of your brand, the personality of your brand inside and out, and also the performance, how your team performs in alignment with all of that. And that takes time. It takes desire to make it work. And it takes dedicated team members who care about building a great brand, building a great experience, but also making life better for themselves and for their clients. I just recently was an airplane going down to Orange County, California, right where Disneyland is, right? 
And I was my wife was flying me with you know the particular flight. And there was moments I was like, oh my gosh, there isn't that many people. It must not be busy season, you know, tourist season that people are coming down. And then my wife, you know, of course, I don't see things as much. And she's like, Carl, look at there, look at there, look at you see the person with the R2D2 backpack, you see somebody with the Disney ears on, you see somebody with the back. That's brand, right? When you get people who are like wearing and believing they're a part of Disney. These are their customers, if that makes sense. They're living the show. They're characters. So they like to say their employees are, are in the experience. Yeah. It sounds like to me, that is what you're talking about though, is right where, where everybody is a character in their brand and they're playing it out through every single interaction that they're doing. Yeah. And even if to continue with the Disney, you know, the, their brand stands for magic, right? Mm-hmm. Happiness and magic, mm-hmm. even down to waiting in line. Waiting in line, at, I don't like waiting in line. I hate waiting. And But waiting in line at Disney is an experience. It's all part of the magic. And you forget that you're waiting in line. That's the part. It's, you know, we promise at Leap Zone, we, we want to leave people feeling on fire and unstoppable. That's the feeling that we want our brand to be known for. What we promise is clarity, pivotal shifts, and momentum. Everything we do, we have to deliver on that from what program we're going to deliver and design to how do we write emails? How do we respond? We don't assume we're clear. We promise clarity. So our emails are clear, concise, and everything we do, how we pick up the phone, how we send some wow and delight. When we do a virtual retreat, we send a box of goodies to our clients because we want the experience their experience of their one or two or three day retreat at Trailblazers to be different than on virtual, but to also be awesome, even though it's virtual. So we send goodies, we surprise and delight, but that's part of leaving people feeling on fire and unstoppable. The problem is most companies have very long, boring mission statements. (laughs) And a mission statement, by the way, is a swear word at Leap Zone. It is no, no, no. We want only one or two words as to how you want your brand to leave feeling, to leave people feeling. So for us, it's, you know, on fire and unstoppable. There's an insurance company in the UK that want to leave people feeling wowed and delighted. That's a bit of an oxymoron from the myths that we already know from insurance companies. Well, their actions are also different. They send people on their ideal vacations while they fix your home or while they actually get get the, the thing at hand that needs to be fixed. You don't get these innovations and these wow and delight moments from a long-winded blah, blah, blah mission statement, right? So I teach people how to create a brand foundation that leaves people wanting to be a part of it, wanting to become the best that they can be within it, and clients left saying, I would be an idiot, to work with anybody else but you, regardless of price. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and any any business owner right now who's hearing that, that's that key value component, right? Where you're providing so much value, you're going to pay whatever it takes, right? To get right. it, you know, because that's not the why. That's not the real why you're buying it. Buy it because you want all of those other things to be a part of it. And there just happens to be a price that's associated with it because I have to pay for it, you that's know, right. but, but, uh, but the real, once again, and it's also because you're getting more in return, right? The yes, value in yes. return is so much greater compared to either the options or just frankly compared to any else, any other thing that you can have or do experience. Looks like you're pulling something out there. Well, yeah, because I want to give an example. You know, I mean, my job is this is this is a company, 
And these are all the things that a company does well and not so well. And they do their genius is in here. And most of the time, they don't even know why, because it's a genius. And when you're a genius at something, you don't tend to know. <laughs> and so my job sometimes is to invent or innovate something new for this company to thrive to the next millennial. Sometimes it's about discussing what is already being done and offered and picking one and repositioning it or repackaging it so that suddenly it's like, oh my God. So there's an, an engineering firm that we've worked with and they literally for 50 years, they're, they're amazing. They're known, they're really good. And for 50 years, they've never had an X factor. Within half a day of working with me and my team, they had the best X factor ever. In fact, it got me jealous about their X factor. And that all came out from them. I have them talk. I have my ways to get people to talk. And then I thought, back up the bus here. You don't charge for errors and omissions. Back up the bus. Tell me more about that. They're like, well, no, this is something we do. It's just part of the kindness that we do. You know, and I'm like, well, no, I want to know more about it. So we eventually, you know, yes, they sell engineering. But if you were, they sell basically no cost uncertainty. Mm. They've already did that. They were already doing that, but they weren't positioning it in a way that would get people to go, well, I would be a fool <laughs> to pick someone else. So if you have two quotes on the table from two different engineering firms, one of them is 500,000. The other one is 550,000 or 600,000. But one is a bit of a playing Rus Russian roulette and the other one is no cost uncertainty. Which one are you going to take? You're going to take assurance, right? And so sometimes it's about looking at what already exists and repackaging it in a way that that is now, you're already doing it. So it's no skin off your back. Might as well put a sh shine a light to it for people to have a tipping point for choosing you as a result of that. And by the way, the example that Isabel was just using, you're going to have to now go watch on YouTube because she had a markers that she had and she was pulling out different markers as you're describing the different ideas and the concepts. So you're like, what was Isabel just talking about? So you're now going to have to watch it to get the whole full experience again. And obviously the way, the passion that you have, you, you have to see Isabel in person here because, and once again, via, via YouTube for your experience, because she has so much energy as she's talking through this. And I could tell that must be the experience that people are having when they go in a retreat center with you in Vancouver which by the way, Vancouver Island, which is one of the prettiest places there is in the world mm -hmm. that, that literally is. So I, what, I was afraid of this discussion. I knew this was going to happen, right? So we, we need to keep moving to the next set subjects because- I can just time. come back to, to fall, to double click on that later on. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're going to have to do that. So, okay. So next step, but your, your business, or perhaps it's the people within your business or the, or the, the customers in your business, how do you measure success with it from a business perspective? You know, I mean, there's there are the normal ways of measuring success of, you know, the level of impact and the level of money generated and the level of, you know, all of those things that we know in business, you know, profit. and But ultimately, at the end of the day, I've never met anyone on their deathbed talking about profit and impact. And they all talked about how connected they were. And so for us, my, my wife and I, Margarita, which is also 30 years together in business and in life, we measure success 
by the level of freedom that we have and by the level of units of happiness that we create, not only for ourselves, but for also for others. So I remember years ago, we sold our first business. I was, I think I was like 32 turning 33. And we, we took a year off, we traveled the world. And then our friends were asking us, how do you measure success? And how do you measure a year off? And that was our answer. We, we wrote a small book for our friends and family about our experience. And it was in units of happiness. And so it stayed for us in business and in life and, and, and with our friends and with ourselves in our relationship, 30 years is, is definitely something at some point, you know, it's, it could be much easier to baker and be stuck in the little things, the little nitty gritty that we don't like, but by focusing on little units of happiness here and there and collecting and creating and duplicating or amplifying units of happiness is absolutely key for me. And I have many, many tattoos. I mean, I have a full sleeve, full back, but one of them says here, success is when what I think, what I say, and what I do are in harmony. My job is to create alignment within corporations, within companies, within teams. When I feel in alignment with what I think, say, and do, and when I focus on building and creating units of happiness for myself, my team, and the people that I impact, and when I feel like I have the freedom to say yes to what I want to, no to what I don't want, to me, that's pretty much my definition of success. What I love about your answer, and I remember we were talking about this in our initial discussion, you're the only person I know that actually has the different sign units of success and has tattooed it on your body. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. that is awesome. And literally, yeah, once again, you're gonna have to go look at the, you know, watch YouTube to see where there's at. But you, it, and what I would say is that is, that's your integrity, right? You know, yeah. you, you, you it, it's think, do, and say, right? You know, you, you mentioned in harmony, right? It's a consistency on a regular basis. And, and then it's once again, it's the people around who are getting to experience that. Yes. And that's what ultimately is bringing us joy, right? And and so I, I love this. So there's a couple of different pieces we're going to talk about here. One is I want you to share about you, you grew up and it was, obviously we're moving to the personal side here. It's just a very easy flow over to this. Mm-hmm. On, on the personal side, you had an interesting experience with your family where it wasn't the ordinary, you get to do whatever you want, spoiled by kids situation. So, so talk about your experiences of how you had to convince your family to be able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the expression ask and you shall receive. Well, in my family, it's smartly pitch and you might be considered. So literally you know, my friend Genevieve, you know, I, I thought she was so lucky. She would just go and ask her mom, can I get this? Can I get some skating? Can I, instead of swimming, can I do gymnastics? And it was always like, yeah, if you want, that's that. For me, it had to be thought through and it had to be pitched in a way that my parents would feel convinced. And in fact, they would feel like they would be fools to say no to my request. But in order to create a positioning, that people would be fools to refuse. You got some thinking into this. You can't just say, hey, Ma, can I get this? Or can I do this? So I had to talk about, so let's say I I didn't want to swim or nor skate anymore and I wanted to dance instead. So that was an exchange of two for one, for example. 
but that one was more expensive than these two. Uh, so I had to present my case. So I, I had, they taught me to pitch with, you know, not, not only talking about the pros and cons, because this is where we go, right? We go, oh, what are the pros? What are the cons? They also taught me what are the trade-offs? Because in every decision, there is a trade-off, whether the decision is the best decision of your life, you're still trading off certain things in order to make that happen. So I had to talk about the trade, the pros, cons, trade-offs. And then I had to dig into what are the cost, what are the risks of saying yes? What are their risks for saying yes? And what are the, 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 the risk for saying yes and the cost of saying no? There's always a cost for saying no to something. It might be, it's going to cost you more money. You're not going to grow. You're not. So, and there's always a risk for someone to say, yes, it might be, they're afraid to make the wrong decision. It might be that there's money involved, more time involved. I had to cover all these things and pitch it to my family. And I knew that I had done a good job when they were like, yep. I mean, we would be stupid not to say yes to this. You know, I knew that I had done a good job. And sometimes it was like, We'll, we'll think about it. I knew, I knew that that was not irresistible, right? There's something. So then I learned to ask the right questions on a scale of one to 10. Where are you at? I'm at about a seven. What would make it a nine, nine and a half. Mm. And, and so I learned a lot from doing that. And although it was a pain in my behind at the time, boy, let me tell you, it has given me a career that never goes away it's you'll always have so long as there's things to to position message and buy or sell there is a way there's room for me there's in fact there's a, an absolute need because there's a lot of amazing products and services out there there's a lot of genius people out there that are never going to go their brand their product their services is never going to see the massive light of day because it's not positioned to win you know yeah, yeah. What an incredible, it's interesting being, being a parent myself. And when you get the, how are you doing today? And you get fine. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, but even asking, do you want to do something? But I love that. How amazing, incredible that your parents were willing to sustain that right. Consistently over a period of time and actually force you to compel to get things, to get to the results. I mean, what, how, how much foresight they had right? To help your thinking yeah. processes. Cause it's so easy for us as I would say parents, as managers to just say yes, or just to say no, but actually invoke question in theory and, and, and to get to the best answer. And I even love that. What was my rating? Yeah. Seven. Okay. How do I get to a nine or 10? Yeah. Right. Cause then you're really getting to the real why behind the hot, why somebody wants or doesn't want something. And most people don't ask, you know, when they say, Oh, I went with someone else's instead. My first question is, how so? Why? What made you sway over to the other side instead of me? Like, I, and people are afraid of the answer. But if you don't know the answer, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. That's so true. So true. You, you I love it. You earlier, you, you had this goal of impacting a million people. And then you did a TED talk, TEDx talk. And then next thing you know, you have 3 million people that have seen it and impacted. And so you have a 10 million, right? Impact yeah. goal you have now. <laughs> That's right. So tell me about how that changed your life when you spoke and you had that opportunity. What type of impact did that have in your life and on others as a result of, of going through that experience? Yeah, you know, first of all, man, we always think too small, even though our thinking, we think it's huge. Like for me, 
a million impact, a million lives was, I had no idea how I was going to do that. It was such an out there goal that I thought I might never make that, but I'm going to try, you know? And then I thought, okay, what if, what if this was small? And I, I didn't want to do a TEDx talk. In fact, I was offered the opportunity three years in a row to do it. I know the amount of work that goes into that. And quite frankly, I was petrified. I was, I, my little, my little girl was coming out going, ah, I'm dyslexic. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it was going to be a big endeavor and I wasn't ready. And I, I was more scared than anything else. And then at some point I remembered, thank God we have big goals, right? Because I'm like, hmm, that would be a bit of a, possibly a shortcut to reaching my goal. Like, so why, why do I keep saying no to this thing? Well, because I'm more afraid than anything else. Well, maybe that's what I need to go through in order to get to the next level. And lo and behold, you know, this 1 million goal was actually way too small. And I only could figure this out by conquering my greatest fear. And although I am a good speaker, although I'm energetic and people love to see me on stage or off the stage as I'm, as I'm speaking around the world, it really does stress me out. And I'm working, right? My next phase is to not be so cranked up and stressed and having the pre-talk, I think it's Hemingway who said, I hate thinking about writing. I hate the act of writing. I love having written. Mm. And I feel the same about speaking. I hate the prep of speaking. It stresses the crap out of me. Why? I don't know. I'm working through this crap. But I knew that I had to face my biggest fear, which in fact, I feared flubbing on a major stage more than death. And guess what happened? I did flub in front of uh, 10,000 people. And I dealt with it so well. So like, like anything I do, which is real, I just was me and I made jokes and it was funny. And the whole audience was laughing on a TEDx stage. And I thought, I'm going to die. This is the end of my whole life, the end of my career. And no, what did it do? It propelled me forward. Of course, they cut that out, out of the video, so nobody can see this. But it's in the first six minutes. I do have the flubby version as a souvenir. I use it in some of my talks to actually talk about the power of surrendering and being real and being authentic. And I mean, this was a massive catalyst for me personally, but also it allowed me to be known a more known, more brand awareness, more brand credibility. And I've had some really major speaking opportunities as a result of, as a result of both of my TED talks. So it was a, a big catapulting. Yeah. That's, that's, that's super exciting. So what a flip to book side. Okay. What is a book that has really transformed you that you want to share with our audience? Oh my God, there's so many, but one of them in particular, I'm dyslexic and I don't like reading. I like listening to my books, but this particular book I actually read and a book like this, I will say in a moment, a book like this would have usually taken me a year to read and I read it in five days. Now, most people that are not dyslexic could probably read it in a day, but the book is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. It is about being able to decipher the vital few from the trivial many. And it's about really understanding what truly matters and being 
essentialist in our life. I was raised by an essentialist mother. So to me, when I read that book, I thought I should have written that book. That should have been my book. <laughs> you know, there's those books you sometimes you read and you're like, that should have been me. What it did though, is gave language to how I was raised and what was normal to me. It gave language to that. So it actually was a, it was able to really help me further in my essentialism journey, but also really help my clients really be able to focus on what matters, being able to prioritize, you know, people reach their goals when there are clear priorities and when you're able to decipher what is something that's going to deter you from or enhance, enhance. And so that book, and then he's got a second book follow up to that, which is effortless. And those two books for me go hand in hand, Essentialism and Effortless from Greg, Greg McCowan. Great, great recommendations. I have not read Effortless yet. So thank you for right. that follow-up and, and yeah. Essentialism it is. It's an excellent book. And I think an absolute fantastic recommendation. How could people get connected and learn more about you? Well, our website is, uh, my God, it's, it's a, well, a wealth of information, leapzonestrategies.com. Within that website, there is Leap TV, which is my online TV show. There's a series of tutorials on how to build cultures and brands that are worth talking about and worth making life better for. And, and yeah, so there's also our, our retreat center, Trailblazers, also all mentioned on our website. And of course, I'm on all the major channels of social media. Fantastic. It has been absolutely as about amazing to have you on the Measure Success Podcast. Thank you so much. You're so welcome anytime. And to everyone else who is listening, first of all, the reason why we get incredible guests like Isabel, to be honest, because of you, the listener, you have helped rate us to be one of the top global podcasts out there. And so as a result, we encourage you, the one of the ways we they know this is because you're not only downloading, but you're actually rating the Measure Success Podcast. So if you get an opportunity, please go out, whatever platform you're listening to on, rate us, even if it's the very first one, most of our pot ratings have been on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you're on, start rating. And, and, and for people like Isabel to continue to be heard, we want those ratings. It's free. It just takes you a few minutes to do that. We appreciate it. But more importantly, what we really care about is we hope that this has encouraged you, has given you some ideas, some, some great concepts to help to apply to your life and to your business. So with that, thank you for listening. And we wish you the very best at measuring success. And we hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.